You're listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live, with your hosts, Eric Provoznik, Jim Culver, Marty Zamora, and Christine Leninger. This is Jell Michaels. You're listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live, where the fun sanity never ends. Welcome back to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. I'm your host, Eric Provoznik, and we got the whole gang with us tonight. Jim Culver, how you doing? Doing excellent, sir. How about yourself? Awesome. Marty Zamora back in the house. Martin, how are you? Doing well, thank you. Awesome. And Christine, wearing a Cubs jersey tonight, but that's okay. Love her still. Hello. Thank you. And before we get going, I want to throw out a thanks to our sponsor, Yasmin McGee over at XYZ Promotions. Don't forget, folks, for your promotional and printing needs, always go to www.xyzpromotions.com. Everything you need in promotions from A to XYZ. Thanks again, Yasmin, for being a sponsor here on All Over the Place. And tonight, folks, we have an athlete who is not associated with Penn State. I'm glad everyone's sitting down for this one. We have, however, my other favorite kind of athlete, a baseball player with a veteran of the MLB, the show, Cameron Lowe. Welcome to All Over the Place. Thanks for joining us tonight. Good to be here. Thank you guys for having me. And Cam uh, is a veteran of, of the uh, the Diamond. And also uh, what he's uh, now doing is he is the co-founder of Halo Wellness. <laughs> and also he is in charge of the Association of Professional Ballplayers of America. Cameron, again, thanks for joining us here on All Over the Place. A baseball player. And f- folks, I've said it before on the show. I'll say it again. Irish, best storytellers. A very, very close second. A baseball player. So awesome to have you here with us, Cam. Man, I wish I was an Irish baseball player right now. I'd tell you guys a real good story. But it's good to be here. I'll do my best. (laughs) Well, isn't everyone, and it doesn't necessarily have to be on on March 17th, everyone's a little bit Irish, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Fake it. At least that's what I heard. That's the word on the street. I'm not sure where that street is, but that's the word on it. We're all Irish and you get a few Guinnesses in us. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. I've never turned down a green beer. There you go. So, Cam, uh, now uh, the work that you do with the the uh, AAPBPA, and I'm only going to say that once, not going to try and do that twice. It's, it can be a mouthful. No, that was good. <laughs> I'd rather just say Association of Ballplayers of America, but uh, Professional Ballplayers of America. So, um, big league career. You're, uh, of course, you were drafted by the Rangers and, and enjoyed a, a nice, solid career. Go on. And, uh, but then what led you into where you are now, uh, being in charge of the APBPA? Man, sometimes I have to pinch myself and, uh, you know, it's it's crazy kind of how I got here, to be honest. I um, was asked to be on the board after, so, okay, so back in 2018, I started a wellness center. Uh, it's all built around these uh, amazing technologies that help people uh, heal at an accelerated rate. It stimulates at a cellular level uh, and it relieves pain and just helps the body um heal itself. Uh, and so I started treating guys and um, giving away free treatments to a bunch of the older guys that needed them, uh, would have some of the, uh, the the guys still playing come in and, and you know, that were on the DL and they were coming back from, from injury super fast. And so um, through my efforts with, with just kind of giving away free sessions, they asked me to be on the board in 2019. And um, then in 2020, uh, there was, um, a little hiccup 
where and and obviously COVID hit, and we went through a little bit of turmoil. Um, unfortunately, we were we were kind of robbed. Um, there was somebody that came in and and ended up misappropriating a lot of funds, and um, this being COVID, there weren't a whole lot of eyes on it. Uh, but I started getting complaints from some of the other guys saying, hey, what's going on? I've paid for my my gold card. Or I've paid for my ring. I've paid for, you know, and, and I'm not getting any, you know, this was a year ago and I'm, I haven't received it. And I got enough of those. And so I, I reached out to the rest of the board and I said, well, I think we need to do a little internal investigation. And what we found was that uh, somebody at the top was most definitely not doing things correctly. And... So long story short, the uh, attorney general helped us out, got us all of our all of our belongings and memorabilia and some of this incredible just pieces of Americana uh, back into our possession. And we are uh, we've rebuilt it. When I when I took over, we were negative thirty thousand uh, dollars, and uh, we owed all these people, you know, cards and rings and and all this stuff and gear and. So we made all of that right, and now we are on our way back up, and we're doing some really, really cool things like uh, starting our own youth camps and youth leagues and travel ball teams and um, so, uh, pain and wellness support as well as monetary uh, liter uh, uh, financial literacy support and um, you know depression and guys that are dealing with addiction and just making this a huge, huge support system for for anybody in the baseball family. So it's uh, we're we're on a great trajectory now. And that's one thing I, I, I forgot to mention in the, your introduction that you are the model of altruism and just being an extraordinary human being. And and so to me, it makes perfect sense that you're working at, you know and being in charge over there at, at with the association. And I mean, it just ties so nicely in with you know with Halo Wellness. Well, I, thank you so much for saying those kind words. Right. Well, you know, you're, you're someone who just wants to help, help each other, help us heal and and just being good to each other. If I may uh, steal a little line from Bill and That's Dad. what it's about, man. You know, that's absolutely what it's about. Sometimes I sit and I think, you know, or I, in conversation, I, you know, I ask, you know, if you had everything, if you had all this stuff, you know, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona, if every building was yours and every car was yours and every you know but there was nobody else but you what would it matter you know it doesn't matter we're here for each other we're here to help each other um i believe that uh you know we were made in god's image and somebody asked me what what that meant one day and i said i believe we're creators and lovers and we are supposed to create things that help others and um the great jackie robinson i think has one of the greatest quotes of all time and that is um a life a life has no value other than the impact it has on other lives. And I think that's one of the wisest and uh, most beautiful quotes that ever was. And, and he exemplified that. Absolutely. And just going back to that, 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 that golden rule from some guy, I remember from some book called the Bible. Just Yeah. He's got some good ones too. He's got a yeah. few. Yeah. So it's, uh, and it's, it's nice to see, you know, in, in, uh, in, a sport that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, no matter what's going on, baseball will remain America's pastime. I know football's popular. I know basketball's popular. But baseball, to me, as goes America, goes baseball and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
baseball has been um, it's it has so many learning lessons. It has so many life lessons within it, and it's a different type of fan. And um, you know, it, some of the rule changes that they've made to to make things more offensive or to speed the game up, and so you know, I, I I hope they don't try to market to the short attention span person because it's not what baseball's it, baseball is a chess game baseball is a cerebral game and it's about repetition it's a you know um it's about reading your opponent because you're gonna face them 37 times you know uh when it's the 27th time that you faced albert pujols that that year and he knows everything that you got you know everything that he's got and how it's it becomes a chess game at that point and um it's it's just you know everything from the sacrifice bunt you know giving up giving up, up of yourself to to help the team and the sacrifice fly and the you know it it's it's not a single guy sport you can't just win a world series by with having one great player and uh yeah. Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb hit all the live long day, but they're nothing without what? Team. That's right. That's right. I, I, I'll drop a little David Mamet from the Untouchables wherever I can with that one. <laughs> and Christine, you told me I'd like this guy, but I don't you know. Not marketing to the short attention span crowd. Thank you, Cameron. You're welcome on all over the place anytime. <laughs> it's good to be amongst uh, my people. Speaking his language, that's for sure. Yeah. But let's, um, can we get a little bit into what Halo Wellness does? Tell us what AccuScope and MyoPulse page management, nanocurrent systems. Those are a lot of really big words. Like, they are. They are. I had to, yeah, exactly it's been years. It uh, you know, I have the skill set of a relief pitcher as well as the vernacular. So, um, <laughs> It took me a while to just be able to read those words, but uh, they're incredible pieces of, of, of equipment that um, they deliver a very specific frequency. You know, we are, the, the mainstream is now even learning that everything is frequency that, um, you know, that we all hold a, a certain resonance or a frequency as well as your cells hold a certain resonance or a frequency. And a healthy cell holds a different re resonance than an unhealthy cell. And so these machines with uh, computers inside of them that are basically AI, they, they do learn as they treat, they are reading you. You, you hook up the, the plates or the probes or the electrodes um, with a little bit of gel, kind of like, um, like an ultrasound. And then the machine sends a current into the body, very, very light. You almost don't feel it. And it's scanning and seeking for anything that doesn't resonate properly with where the body should be. And then it sends a frequency for that to, to help the body come to balance. And um, so it's just continually asking the body what it wants. You know, a lot of people are, are familiar with a laser or a stim unit or an ultrasound or, you know, you've gone to your chiropractor. They put the sticky pads on you and your muscles start to thump like that. Um, that's a one-way modality. So that is going to give the same thing to everybody. It's the, it's just kind of a one size fits all kind of thing. Whereas these machines are asking you, asking your body, what frequency would you like? And it's the difference of a piano sitting there and you can walk up to that piano and you could pound it with your fists and get a sound out of it. 
or you can have Elton John sit there and he can ask you, what's your favorite song? Would you like me to play it? And that's kind of the difference in, in these devices versus almost everything else out there is it's asking before it delivers. And uh, it just stimulates the cells in a very precise way to get them to open up, expel toxins, bring in nutrients, and you heal yourself um, at an accelerated rate. So is this for uh, exclusively for pain management or does it actually help to heal injury? So the FDA allows us to say only certain things. <laughs> we like to say that we are helping you with your pain. And when your pain goes away and stays away without any drugs or any more treatments, you can tell me what happened. I like it. Where do I sign up? Scottsdale, <laughs> <laughs> Arizona right now. We're, we're working on spreading out. But uh, yeah, um, actually, if you're in, in uh, uh, Riverside area, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've, got a, I've got a doctor that in people that can't make it out here to Scottsdale uh, that are in the Southern California area. He's in Burbank. And uh, I can give you his number after uh, after the show. Great, great. That's like an hour. That's definitely doable. Cool. He's he's amazing. He's a chiropractor. He's been using these machines in his in his practice for thirty years, um, and uh, he's yeah he's great. Would you say that Halo is geared mainly toward toward athletes dealing with pain issues, or is it is it something that can be used by just about anyone with chronic pain? Anybody, absolutely anybody. We have helped nine month old babies, and we are actually in the largest senior living center here in Arizona, uh, helping old folks with neuropathy. Uh, with headaches, migraines, digestive issues, um, arthritis, you know, you name it. it. It just really, it helps to balance the body. You know, we're, we, we bring all these toxins in constantly with water and food and air and it's, they're, they're everywhere. And, uh, you know, we want to eat antioxidants so that we can detox and, and remove the toxins. And um, so that's... Um, it, it just, it, it helps to bring the body to balance so it knows how to release the garbage and how to come back to, you know, homeostasis. And that you actually got into this because you used it yourself when you were still in the MLB, right? I did. It saved my career. That's how I fell in love with it, for sure. I, uh, when I was 27 years old playing for the Rangers, uh, on a cold morning in Cleveland, I was throwing a bullpen at about 10 a.m. and I didn't stretch well enough and I didn't warm up well enough and something popped in my back and it was a, uh, a herniation on the left side between L4 and L5 and I started, I threw the pitch and it got about halfway to the catcher and I gave him one of these and st started walking back to the clubhouse and I just started leaning over farther and farther, you know, as I was walking. And until I was, I mean, I walked around crooked for about two and a half years and taking all kinds of pain meds and, you know, anything that anybody would give me so that I could make it through an inning. And doctors were saying we can, you know, solder off the nerve or perform a laminectomy, which is basically they're cutting off your, your disc. Or one guy even said, fuse your spine. And I was like, nobody's cutting anything, you know. And uh, so I gritted my teeth for about two and a half years and kind of was at my wits end and found this technology um, by the grace of God. Uh, another guy called me and it was during spring training in 2010. I had just gotten a job with the Brewers, came back from Japan and um, my first treatment, 60% of my pain was gone. 
And uh, I had sciatic nerve pain running from basically my lower back all the way down to my left ankle. And about 60, 70% of that was gone. My hips were able to fire again. And what really blew me away was uh, I had been shot with cortisone twice in the elbow right here. I had uh, turned over a sinker too hard and kind of injured the lining of the joint there. And so they shot me a couple of times and uh, irritated me for two years. And they put one electrode right here and one right here sat there for 30 minutes and that old cortisone that was sitting in my elbow wiggled up out of my skin and made it like basically two zits on my skin and oxidized what was the old cortisone that had been sitting in there rubbing in my my joint every every pitch my arm never hurt again and my velocity went up uh, from about 89 back to 94 miles an hour in like 48 hours and i couldn't believe it i was like how does everybody not know about this stuff and uh, well, there's some very What's that? So your initial relief happens potentially pretty quickly. It's very quick. It's very quick. Um, it is. Uh, sometimes there's people where they will have suffered with pain for you know years, tried everything, gone to doctors, took pain pills, had cortisone shots, had surgeries, had all this, and in like three 40-minute sessions, they're walking around going, you know, their knee pain is gone gone and not coming back um it's it's it sounds too good to be true but um i tried it all i mean i tried it all i was in the big leagues with a hurt you know with, with a hurt back and an elbow traveling around the entire country every city i went to i would go to the best chiropractor or the best naturopath or the best pt or the i mean i'm trying to find my way back to being a you know a solid big league pitcher again and so i i scoured you know, I went to Japan, I went to Mexico, I went to, I went all over the place and there's nothing like this thing, um, that when it comes to soft tissue, uh, regeneration and, and detoxification and removing pain, these, these devices are, are second to none. And so my brother and I, we just dove into them and learned how to use them, develop protocols. Uh, we've developed protocols specifically for like scapula. And because the, for a pitcher, you know, that's like so much of what protects your shoulder and protects everything else down the, down the arm. And, um, you know, and then we just, we just made a business out of it because it's, it's non-invasive and drug free. And we are able to help people heal it. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of these people come when they, they haven't had any hope and, um, you know, it's, it's fun to be able to give people hope. <laughs> And another reason why you and I are going to get along famously, Cam, you said velocity instead of velo. Thank you. <laughs> I'm old school, man. I got the grades. We're not old. We are classic. The kids are, are using velo now. And one thing that I'm, as a, a youth through high school and a little bit of college umpiring, what breaks my heart is seeing high school kids already having their second Tommy John surgery. Mm -hmm. How can stuff at Halo Wellness help? With stuff like that. And, and actually, how many uh, younger kids do you have coming in in the high school age? That's actually something that we're working on. I've got a buddy here in town that's very connected with a lot of the uh, athletic directors around for the public schools. And so that's we're really going to be making a, a, a marketing push to these to these kids and their parents because it is so it's a it's amazingly safe for the kids and it helps, you know, helps them avoid drugs and, um, you know, even, even Advil, you don't want to take too much of that, you know? And, um, so that 
we have we have a number of little uh, of uh, young young athletes come in. Most of our target market is um, pro athletes, as well as weekend warriors, uh, as well as it, it's pretty much anybody that's just dealing with pain. But um, yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's it's almost hard to have a, a target market with this stuff because it just it's safe for everybody and it, and it's it's in the ninety five to ninety seven percentile that we are going to be able to help you with your pain. I think it's the best kept secret in medicine. I, it, these, these things started to, they got their, what's called a 510K uh, FDA clearance in 1978. They started making these things. And as computers got faster, uh, the devices got smarter and got better and got more efficient. And, uh, but, um, and the new ones are just absolutely out of this world. And then we put a whole bunch of different things around it, oxygen therapy and other electromagnetic therapy and, and red light and infrared light. And um, some of the meta, meta therapy stuff that we have is, it's like Star Trek stuff. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> but uh, the future is really, really exciting when it comes to health and wellness and true healing. Uh, a lot of it has just been blocked from the general public because of uh, insurance you know, American Medical Association, FDA, hospitals, big pharma, you know, they've got, they've got a system they, and um, they own most of our medical system. And, uh, but it's all about, you know, just letting people know that this is available for them, that it's here and um, they can, they can avoid the drugs and avoid the surgery in a lot of cases. Come on. They wouldn't lie to us. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to get Cam in trouble, Marty. We, we're we're you and we're good. We understand. We'll move on from that. And I will say the Western medical system it does some amazing things. The trauma yeah, care, the, what we're able to do. If you don't, if you fall off a house, don't come to Halo. You know, if you <laughs> if you if, if yeah, hang up and dial nine one one. And then when you want to come back from surgery after you had the surgery, you know, then then come to us. And uh, if you want to stay well, come to us. If you want, you know, that kind of stuff. But we do amazing things in Western medicine. We just need to combine the two. You know, the, the wellness and the and the trauma care need to come together to to have the best of both worlds. Well, you, you'll be that seeing me at some point because I, I always joke the day I can't throw a ball back to the pitcher that's sixty feet six inches just put me six feet under. And I've got to remember, I blew up my rotator in my late 30s, and I've got to remember to throw three-quarter or half now. So if I can get that full range of motion back, definitely going to be seeing you in the next couple of years. I'll send you some stuff where, I mean, it, we get people that can't lift their arm above here, and then after their first, second session, they're, you know, they're up here. And, um, yeah, we've got some pretty cool stuff for you. Love uh, to help you, you out. You mentioned that uh, some of Halo's uh, – techniques utilize AI, when, and it, which is always an interesting discussion topic these days because <clears throat> AI is kind of having a moment right now with uh, all these new technologies coming out, all this, there's a lot of fear about it. You've obviously got people on strike out of fear that it's gonna, they're going to be replaced by it, um, you know, and, and uh, so, so kind of what's your, your take on it, big picture, as far as the AIs that you use and kind of how you feel about the te technology in general? Um. I think it's like a sword. Uh, I think it can be used for defense, offense, and it depends on whose hands it's in. Uh, I think it's a, you know, a, a, it can be an amazing tool. Uh, I think it can be a very destructive tool, and we're probably going to have to have some pretty good regulations on it going forward. Uh, 
But um, I think a lot of people don't understand how long we've had AI. And with working with these devices, I, I've gotten to, to know some pretty cool people. Some people, some some high-ranking people in the in the military, and and um, uh, one guy was actually he was head of AI for the Pentagon in the 1980s, mm-hmm. and people don't realize like you know we're just talking about AI in the last like five years really you know and you know, now people are using Chat GPT and you know writing mm-hmm. books in in three minutes and um, but they were they had AI in the SR 71 Blackbird. And that was built in the 70s. And so if they had it in the Blackbird in the 70s, that means they were developing it in the 50s and the 60s. And I mean, we've had, it's been around for a long, long time. Um, we're just now getting to use it in the general public though. And um, right. so, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's really exciting. Um, I think in these machines, it's extremely exciting. The fact that it's uh, able to precisely deliver what your body is asking for uh, and learn as it's treating you is is just really really cool. But um, you know, I I think it's it, it definitely scares me a little bit. I won't I won't download Chat GPT onto my uh, onto my computer. I I honestly don't want to have it looking at my stuff. <laughs> So I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> I've used it. It's scary. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, um, but it's a little, it's a little creepy. Yeah, I think people also need to remember that somebody programmed that, you know, and it may be some kind of bias in the, in what the AI, you know, picks up and how it picks it up and what it's looking for. So. I hope that as we move forward with it, we can, uh, we, the people get to decide, uh, you know, what the, what the regulations are on it. And so that we're, we're protected and it doesn't get used as a, you know, a weapon of mass confusion. <laughs> hope it's not too late. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the coming years are going to get very, we're gonna see some pretty cool stuff, I think. Some yeah. some scary stuff, some cool stuff, but um, it's a cool time to be alive. Yeah, as you said, it, it had been around for a long time, but it was not really in the public consciousness, except in like sci-fi and you know fictional. And then all of a sudden, it was this reality staring us in the face. And I think a lot of people were just not able to wrap their heads around something that had been they, they'd seen as science fiction for so long suddenly become historic reality as part of our. Uh, our technology and so it was um you know it's i think we're kind of catching up to that mentally and emotionally but it's going to take a little while Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think uh so i think about ai and i think about how long they've had it and i think about how we're just now getting used you know getting to use it and then i think about okay what do they have today that that they're going to show us in 30 40 years maybe it's those flying cars we were promised yeah, where are those at? <laughs> That'd be gravity first. <laughs> yes. Bro- broken promises. Thank you, Back to the Future. Thanks a whole lot. Appreciate that. Later, come on. They did now, predict the Cubs winning the World Series, though, didn't they? Wasn't there something in there about the the Cubs winning the World Series and Back to the Future too? I do remember like that. I'm pretty sure no one believed it, though. AI. Uh, I remember Hal, and I remember Rosie the Maid. And uh, that was a long time. <laughs> <laughs>
and as brought up on not one but two shows in the, in our three first war games and the big the whopper and uh, global thermonuclear war ah. just play a game of chess just play a game of chess <laughs> and for as, as an umpire and i want to get your take on this and i, I if, this, if this gets you in trouble with the with the association i mean just yeah I, I will take the fifth amendment on this one but as an umpire i know that we are uh a lot of uh organizations want to have the robo up behind the play taking the human element out of just balls and strikes and then maybe outs and safes and and, and wanna, what what what's your take on robo lumps calling the balls and strikes as, and especially as a pitcher what's your take on that I think a computer can be hacked and if the robo umps are in control I think there's still the ability for people to manipulate how the robo umps are calling the game and I think there is always going to be some kind of human error whether you like it or not because um i, I like i like the umps i like the physical human umps um i you know i don't know i like I, pictures too <laughs> a lot of love in this room there we go yeah there we go. <laughs> did i ever think about that could be hacked so that's how the yankees will win their next one okay got it <laughs> Yeah. Or pick your team. I won't pick on anyone in particular. Who's watching the watchers? You know what I mean? Ooh. <laughs> Side by I love this. That's you know, right. uh, going back to your playing days though, you know, you're uh, you know, what was the moment where you know after that the baseball was first put in your hand? And when did you know this is what I want to do? And and then again, after that, when did you think and when did you know you were capable of going to the show? Uh, probably my junior year of high school, I started to, you know, my body started to mature. I started to throw a little bit faster. Uh, I was hitting, you know, mid eighties as a junior. And then my senior year, I was hitting 90 and 91. And, um, probably right around that time. I, you know, I started to really take it seriously and people started to tell me I might have what it takes. And, um, but I, I've grown up, you know, I just played, I played all kinds of sports and I didn't really particularly I, I did. I loved baseball. I loved being on the field. I loved my teammates. I wouldn't say I was a great baseball player as a kid, though. Uh, and then somebody taught me how to throw a sinker and a slider and the, at 11 years old. And I started uh, striking out the league. And I was like, man, this is fun. <laughs> and so I, that's when I really started to love baseball is when I started to pitch. And uh, yeah, so I think my, my junior, senior year, I started to really take it seriously and, you know, make it uh, – you know, make my days revolve around, you know, baseball, what I ate, how I worked out, you know, who I hung out with and what my you know thought process was. And, um, yeah, and then, you know, I decided to go to college and um, didn't have that great of a college career uh, other than winning the, the, the mid, uh, sorry, the big, the big, <laughs> the big West. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, in 2002, we won the big West and that was amazing. But, uh, personal stats, I wasn't like, you know, wasn't incredible by any means, but I still got drafted. And, um, you know, I remember the draft day I was, uh, I thought I'd go a little bit higher and I, uh, went 20th round. I was 20 years old and they, they gave me $20,000 and I told my mom, I said, they, they wake up and, and throw 20, $20,000 out the window. So I got to go make myself undeniable and, uh, you know, just 
just got in the in the weight room and started reading everything I could on on the mental side of baseball. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's probably what did it for me um, was focusing on on my head. And you know, it's the old Yogi Berra adage. You know, that's uh, baseball's ninety percent mental, and the ha- other half is physical. And, um, and I, you know, I, I think I really took it to heart. <laughs> the world would be a lot better place if they would just pay attention to more yogiisms. I'm, I'm convinced. No kidding. Of that. No kidding. Yeah. Combine that with a little of that uh, pseudo Zen from Bill Lee, and yeah, I think things are going to be. The world will revolve a little bit better, a little more nicely. I I, I agree. I think I'm going to have some more yogi T-shirts made. <laughs> I think it just brings joy into the world. And what was it like for you, uh, your, your first trip onto the field, uh, being in, as, as they mentioned in uh, Bull Durham, stepping onto the cathedral known as the big league field? What, what was that feeling like? My legs were shaking. <laughs> I, uh, I, I definitely remember my first time coming out of the bullpen in 2004. And uh, I, my, my back leg, you know, I was in the stretch position and my back leg was just would not stop shaking. <laughs> and... I had a good inning. Or actually, I, I think I pitched two and two and a third or two and two thirds innings. Um, the only hit I gave up was to Ichiro, and it was his number two hundred and fiftieth hit the year that he hit two seventy three. And uh, so that, that was kind of interesting. You know, the very first hit I gave up in the big leagues, they stopped the game and got the ball, and and I was like, oh, hopefully this doesn't happen every time. You know. <laughs> But, <laughs> There's no shame but, in giving up a hit to each row. No, yeah, I figured if I, you know, everybody's going to give up a hit eventually, so it might as well be the first one to him. So. Well, you, you mentioned the chess matches earlier, and you brought up Albert Pujols, but you know, who was your favorite chess match? Well, which hitter uh, did you get the best of, and then then which hitter uh, kind of had your number? So Pujols was definitely one of the big time, you know, big names that uh, I did very well against. Big Poppy was another one that I did really really well against. Um, there was a couple guys, uh, Mauer, uh, no, I'm sorry, Justin Morneau, Justin Morneau okay. would just hit two irons off the, and it just crushed me. Raul Abanez had my number. I mean, he would just bang ball, bang wall, balls off the, off the left, you know, left center field fence. And, and, uh, I mean, I couldn't get, stop the guy from getting a double. I mean, he just barreled everything. I would say that probably the most adrenaline that I would ever get when facing somebody was Vladimir Guerrero. Mm. And he hit me in the head one time. Uh, and that was probably why I got those adrenaline rushes because he, I threw a sinker down and away to him and he got those long arms extended and hit it back at me at about a hundred miles an hour. And I had enough time to just turn my head a little bit and it hit me. I used to wear my hat real low. It hit me right on the, the bill and right on the cheekbone right there. And uh, Michael Young caught it at shortstop above his head for an out. And uh, this was this was in Anaheim, my first start in Anaheim. And uh, I'd like my my whole family was there, and like twenty of my friends, you know, to see me get smoked in the head by Vladdy Guerrero. So, and yeah. just so people know that a ricochet off of a pitcher is a legal catch, as long as it is the next next. <laughs> Right. Had, had, had to get a little umpire there in case people got confused. But it ricocheted off of someone. That's that's a hit. No. Nope. All, all this useless and sometimes useful knowledge. <laughs> so did you go down? I didn't. Uh, I went to a squat, but I didn't go down to a knee. And um, unfortunately, I got taken out of the game. I wanted to stay in. I was fine. Um, I had a bruise for the next few days, but I was winning two to one in the fifth inning. 
and uh, it was actually the ninth ninth consecutive out I had recorded, and so I I was I was bummed. I, I was like, they were trying to pull me off, and I was like, no, I don't want to go. And they're like, look, we got to go get you a cat scan. Oh yeah, that's the and, move. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, they, they stopped the game. Did you get the ball? Like they stopped the game for each row for your ninth consecutive out. <laughs> they should have, huh? <laughs> no, no. Uh, victories I, are victories, nonetheless. I uh, I remember them replaying it on the scoreboard while the the trainers are checking me out and just hearing the crowd go, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's a that's a general that's old school generational. You get up, you rub dirt on your temple, you want to move on. You just keep playing. I was fine. Exactly. Yeah. You don't need you don't need your whole brain or both your eyes for you know the anyway, so I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna comment on, on that at all uh, of a baseball player. Don't need the brains. Don't need that. Just gonna leave that one alone. There's a saying in my house. It was just my head. Nothing vital. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I can still use my right arm, everything is fine. What's it? It missed the moneymaker. <laughs> yeah. Man, that thing never made any money for me. <laughs> you seem pretty happy where you are, so I'm not going to ask if you want to come back to the Mariners because uh, we could we could use the help. But uh... <laughs> you know what? The one place I do want to go is the Savannah Bananas. I want to go play for like a game or two with the Savannah Bananas. That's how fun would that be, right? Like it, you get to yeah. learn to dance. Like <laughs> it, it seems so. Hoops. My kids want me to do it, you know. Uh, my, my wife, you know, she's like, "Yeah, that would be awesome." So I am probably going to get my arm back in shape just to go and go play with the Savannah Bananas for a couple of games. And I would love to nice. ump with those guys because I was uh, early in my my umping career. They said, "You know, you're, you're strike three call. That's your time to to shine, do something unique." And I do. I got my little James Brown move, a little slide to the left, kick it back. <laughs> They said, "Oh no, it's not about you." Well, make up your mind. Which one is it? With the Savannah Bananas, I can do that. Yeah, and more. And, yeah. And one one of my favorite guys, Eric Burns, <laughs> works a lot with the Savannah Bananas, and he and I have had some some good conversations over the years. A little, some little Twitter conversations with. Uh, he's a big proponent of the Robo Lump, and and Cameron, I'm, I want to use your. Well, what if somebody hacks it? I never thought to throw that at him. Yeah, if it's computer, if you you know, if it's all being taken by taken over by computers, then you just, you know, you better have some good spyware. You might have uh, people in Vegas, you know, with a with a supercomputer, trying to hack into that uh, that laser system. Marty, we're heading down your road right now with with all these theories. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned Vegas. I imagine the prop bets that you could win. You know, like. I bet the count's going to, we're going to go to, you know, O2 here. Boom. Now oh, look at that. I want a little little prop bet because I'm sure you've been keeping up. The, the prop bets are out of control. Is he going to scratch his nose? Uh, just Oh, really? <laughs> if you're controlling the pitch count, <laughs> you can have all sorts of prop bets on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's so Roll funny. Lump. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing. they got to keep it secure because those guys are holding bats. I can see a guy turning and just smashing it. Let's get a human out here now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have in a very heavy cage. Well, even with all the gear I wear, I know who holds the cage. So yeah, you know. I always find it funny with AI um, how excited humans are to get rid of the need for humans. Yeah. It's <laughs> 
And at what point do we start replacing players or do we start replacing coaches? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we've, uh, we've actually replaced a good, good amount of uh, at least what a coach can do and what a coach, uh, what the, what the manager's decision-making power is, you know, you see moves by say Dave Roberts uh, in the world series, taking out a pitcher after, you know, seven, six, seven innings there where he's dominating, he's dominating. But the numbers, you know, the the analytics say take that guy out now and go to your power bullpen. Whereas, you know, it might be the the uh, manager's call before to go. No, my guy is my guy's going. He's he's on tonight, and I'm going with him. And they're not allowed to make those decisions as much anymore, I believe, because it's you know they are told to follow what the what the book says. And what the numbers say to do. And I think with baseball, there is such a human element and there is such a an unmeasurable element to baseball that if we get too numbers heavy, it's not going to be good for the game. And I think we're actually seeing that a little bit. And we're, I think that we're going to see this pendulum swing back a little bit too. As long as – I'm going to say it. And, again, we'll bleep out what we need to for keeping you employed over at the association, camera. But I, as far as I'm concerned, as long as Manfred is in office as the commissioner, the pendulum will not be swinging in the correct direction. I mean, this is a guy who puts ghost runners on the bases in extra innings. Pardon me while I get get off of my my outfield lawn right now. It's, no, you can stay on it. It's launch angle, schmont angle. I grew up with – I go back to Rod Carew, Pete Rose, and then my high school years were Tony Wynn. Find the gap, hit it there, and run like hell. Home runs – and I always get it backwards with that. I should know my bull Durham a little bit better, but crash Davis, I think said that strikeouts are fascist. I think home runs are fascist. If you're just playing for that big, big hit, that's no fun. Where's the skill involved? Guys are now being told you're bet You have better chances of getting on base, not swinging at a pitch at all. That's no fun. As I tell the, I tell the kids in little league, your parents paid a lot of money for that baseball bat, or they got a good deal played against sports. Swing it. Have some fun. Get picky when you get on varsity. Heck yeah. You know, those Dominican guys got it right. When I went over there and played, you know, they're, they're pretty free swingers and they're they're known to be, you know, they, they take hacks. And I said, you know, I was talking to a guy and he's like, yeah, Poppy, you know, nobody walks off the island. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Pete Rose was the hit king, not the walk king. No one cares about the walk king. Nope. Nope. You know, I, I think a better brand of baseball is going to come when, when we get away from just the power arm, just the power hitter and building teams around that and go back to really evaluating smart you know, baseball intellect. You know, it's a harder thing to judge. It's uh, you know, it takes, it takes a, a baseball mind, you know, to, to judge that kind of stuff. And it's easy to put a radar gun up and go, oh, this kid's good, you know, because he hits 97 consistently. But uh, baseball is not all about, you know, throwing hard and hitting the ball far. It's uh, there's so much more to it. And the fact that Greg Maddox might not even get a look these days is, you know, I think kind of telling as to where we're at right now. And I hope the pendulum swings back sooner than later. So uh, on that Maddox note, I'm guessing he's one of the guys that you, you liked growing up, and uh, or who were some of the, the people that you look, looked up to and, and uh, 
just were, were the guys you idolized. Nolan Ryan was definitely my guy. I mean, he was just incredible. Oral Hershiser, being a Do- I grew up in L.A., mm-hmm. Dodger fan. Oral Doyers. was uh, – What's that? I said Doyers. Do- Los Doyers. <laughs> See, yeah, man. Uh, Oral was awesome. So and so when I got to play for Oral, he was my first big league pitching coach when I made yeah. it up with the Rangers, and so that was a dream come true for me. But yeah, Maddox. Hold on. Obviously, you know, Randy Johnson was just—he was just fun to watch because it just wasn't even fair, you know. <laughs> for those left-handed hitters, and you know, I always remember like that John Cruck, you know, during the All-Star game, he just turned his hat backwards and. And stood way back in the corner. And he was like, "I'm not even. Uh, uh-uh. no, I don't want any part of that." But Maddox was a—he's a magician. You know, it just—he did things with the baseball that were almost not real. The professor for a reason. Yep. And what I, I like again, with, uh, again, going back to the the players coming in uh, to get the the healing, and, and just oh, what what have been some of the the success stories that you've had with with uh, helping to extend some guys' careers? So when I was playing. Right after I actually got healed myself and went went back to playing, I, I ended up buying my own machines at the end of the year, and I uh, I brought them to spring training. And one of our guys, Marco Estrada, he spent almost the entire year in 2010 on the disabled list. He was in between. I think he had a little bit of time in the big leagues, you know, and then he, his arm would start hurting him again. And he so I came into spring training, and he comes up to me. And he's like, "Man, I still I can't throw but 90 feet." right now like it it hurts i don't know what's going on i've rehabbed all off season and i said hey man this thing you know i, I bought these machines and they they really helped me you know uh, i'm back to 100 percent now after thinking it was all over last year you know and so come on over and I'll, I'll, let's play some video games and i'll hook you up and so i just hooked up his shoulder and we played some call of duty and you know treated him for maybe like an hour and the next day he comes comes like running up to me he's like man i just i just long tossed at 200 feet and it didn't hurt and then the next day he was out of 220 and the next day he was out at 300 feet and he couldn't believe and he ended up pitching like 95 innings for us in the big leagues that year and he i don't think he had a shoulder problem after that and so like that was one of the really cool turnarounds you know not only did i get to see something really awesome and help somebody you know, get back to doing what they love. But I helped my team in the same, you know, in the same breath and uh, helped a, a key player who, um, who went on to have a really awesome career, you know, kind of get his shoulder back. And I, I think that, I mean, just works so well with what you think that all all that really ultimately matters in this world is helping, healing and loving each other. And I think that's great. And that's an awesome success story. And I, I definitely want to encourage people to check out uh, Cameron Lowe's business, Halo Wellness, and check them out at www.halowellness. That's H-O-L-E wellness.com. And I, I know I'm looking forward to seeing you out there with a set of bananas at some point, Cameron. So thank you once again for joining us here on, on All Over the Place. It was a pleasure hey, being with you guys. Thank you so much. Our pleasure, absolutely. And we, uh, we could probably go on baseball talk forever at this, uh, but... I, I, I'm a little more baseball geeky than the rest of my co-hosts, but I definitely want to thank Marty and Jim and Christine, always making the show so much more awesome. And Cam, thank you for making it awesome with us and look forward to seeing you down the line out on the baseball field with the Sav Bananas. Right on. Hey, can I give you one more little plug for the, oh, for the BPA? Okay. Our so show we're, we're, is your show. Go we're ahead. Gonna, we're do- doing something really fun right now. We actually just came out with our own bourbon. It's a 99 proof bourbon. 
and because we are not. <laughs> Why didn't you need with this? I know, I know. I'm like, how did I, how did I leave this out? Different kind of painkiller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um. So these are the uh, the labels for the bottles. It's made. Oh, sorry. It's what am I doing here? It's made by Three Chord, and Three Chord is owned by Pat Benatar and her husband Neil Giraldo. And so we are, we've made a 99 year anniversary, 99 proof blended bourbon, and it is delicious. I got to be part of the blending process, which was super cool. And so that's, uh, that's Bruce Chen's, uh, autograph there on that one. That's, uh, Shay Hillenbrand. And then that is Edwin Jackson. And so I'm, I'm working on getting all these labels that are going to go on these bottles autographed by guys and uh, we're going to auction them off for so that we can help all players that are uh you know that are, that are in need oh and one more thing if you guys can send support to hawaii we've got i mean those, those people need help right now i've been talking to a couple of the ball players that live out there in maui and it's just absolutely devastating what what has happened to those people so any support you know that you guys can give right now it's it's so needed it's, it's just terrible so yeah, thank thank you guys for letting me plug plug our bourbon. Hey, and well, Christine and I are going to be seeing Pat Benatar at the end of September, so I think we'll uh, want to throw down a couple shots of uh, that bourbon before we go. Right on. That sounds good. It'll only make it better. <laughs> that that is ninety nine yeah. truth proof. <laughs> hey, thanks again, Cameron. All right, baseball, guys. Thank you. Baseball, baseball. Knees, knees and bourbon. I like this guy. Knees and bourbon. <laughs> You've been listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. If you like what you've been listening to, and you know you have, be sure to share it with friends and family on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, wherever. herein have been the opinions of the hosts, the producer, and the guests only. You have listened at your own risk.